Storygram Network. Hello, listeners. We have a fun, new, exciting night coming up at the Sonoma Community Center on August 24th. Featuring Raulio Barrera y Somos el Son. We're going to be dancing some cha-cha-cha. And a little bit of salsa. Uh, <laughs> salsa with guacamole, I mean. No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be spicy. I'm sure it will yeah, be yeah. warm Come that and night. join us. It's August 24th. It's Everyone is welcome. Tickets are up and available for sale. We It'll will also food. have for food. Oh, yeah. We're going to have our uh, Costa Tacos, which are delicious. And also Sonoma Churros are going to be here. So come we and join us them. and get some food, you know. We also have some VIP tickets. So VIP tickets. So that will be in the Secret Garden a little bit earlier. And we also have general admission, a dance uh, lesson at 7, and a show starting at 7.30. Oh, yeah. so, so you guys are going to have a lesson, too, huh? I do believe so. Nice. But come on down. Tickets are available at SonomaCommunityCenter.org. And, and let's get our cha-cha-cha together. And salsa. <laughs> Hosting for this podcast is generously provided by Transistor at Transistor.fm. Hello, we are the Sonoma Community Center podcast, a place of creativity, connection, and community. We highlight the artists, teachers, and the community that come through the doors of our historic brick building, often called the heart of Sonoma. We share local tips and shout outs to our home, Sonoma Valley. And we are your host, Molly Spencer. Gerardo Diaz. We are the engagement team of the Sonoma Community Center. <laughs> hello, hello, this is Molly Spencer. And this is Gerardo Diaz. Over here at the Sonoma Community Center on a cool August day. Oh, yes. This is cool. so nice. Yeah, I don't like those hot weather, oh. by the way. Those, those, those hot days were terrible. We're I was getting, like melting. We're getting really lucky. Yeah. You know when it's going to heat up? When school starts in a week. <laughs> That's when it's going to get hot around here. Take that, kids. Exactly. So we are so excited here today. We have some fabulous guest in the house in our little music room over here at the Sonoma Community Center where we record the podcast. I'm going to say hello real quick to Simon and Kimberly Blattner. Hi, everyone. Good morning. We are so excited (laughs) to have you here. If you are not familiar listeners with Simon and Kimberly, I'm just going to share a little bit about kind of the relationship with the Sonoma Community Center, but really... I'm going to let them tell their story because we want to go back and see how they got here, right? Back in time. Back in time. Rewind button. (laughs) So what we want to do is I'm just going to give you a little bit of also why we're here. We have many different people that come through the Sonoma Community Center to share their story on the podcast. And every year we do the Muse Fundraiser. The Muse is a really, it's a super fun fundraiser. And it really started back in, I think, the 90s. This is the time at the Muse fundraiser. We had a lot of people that came through here. Basically, they would honor Jack London, MFK Fisher, Big Almost Spreckles, all sorts of people. But there was one common theme. These people were not really with us anymore, right? So it was great. And then it took a little hiatus. And then it came back in 2016. 
And we decided in general that the best thing we could do is bring the fundraiser, the Muse cocktail party, the Muse dinner, the Muse fun, and bring it back here to the Sonoma Community Center and honor the people that are actually living with us, have a party, break bread. Usually we do the theme around the personalities of these people. And we are super delighted that this year we get to have... (laughs) Kimberly and Simon. <laughs> what do you guys think about that? I don't know. What is the theme? <laughs> it's you. <laughs> it's also it's, it's gonna be wildness. <laughs> exactly, exactly. No. It's also tying into the Sonoma Community Center. Especially this year, we're really highlighting many of the departments and the arts departments that come through here. You're such supporters here. Tying into really demos of ceramics and printmaking and papermaking and fiber arts, dance and music. It's so fun. It's actually, in my opinion, one of the funner fundraisers around here. They're all pretty fun. This year, it's a little bit later and it's October instead of hot August, which would actually be next weekend if we were going to do the Muse. So I'm super glad we got a couple of months behind our belts. You were here, Gerardo, last year, right? For the Muse? Yeah. Yes, I did have some delicious food. Yeah, the food is always <laughs> delicious. Yes. It will be a Lane Bell catering this year, and the menu is actually up on. Wasn't it Lane Bell last year, too? We honored Elaine Bell last and year. Cook, yeah, right? exactly. Exactly. So yeah. she is back. And what I'm excited about is looking over on our website, you can see not only can you buy tickets and come and support and have a great time at this party, support the Sonoma Community Center, you can see the menu right away. Ooh. Oh. Which is exciting. That's a. Finally. Yeah, she has like a famous potatoes appetizer that she I does. I think so. Did right, she do right? that last yeah, year? Yeah, she did. They were delicious. There's so much good yeah, food. Yeah. I'm excited about it. We always record this podcast right before lunchtime. Okay. So <laughs> that's why it always goes we're down always to lunchtime. Hungry. We're always hungry. <laughs> okay, getting back a little bit. I'm not going to go down because it would take me just forever to all the accolades and all the things that you do for the community of Sonoma and in your life. But Just a few, because I have to. I know that you're really involved in these organizations and philanthropy through the Sonoma Valley Fund, which I believe is yours, the Sonoma Land Trust, La Luz Center, Hospital Foundation, Sonoma Valley Museum of Art, and many more outside of this, like Sonoma Craft College of Arts. Am I right? No, the California As, College. Uh, there we go. Yeah. See, my, <laughs> I also brought the wrong glasses, too. There we go. Anyway, when do you guys sleep? <laughs> you're not going to, right? The robots. You're just, you're just going to do it all. That is so much. And it, you're just amazing people for this community. But how did you stumble upon the Sonoma Community Center? Did you come here, I believe, in the year 2000? Well, Kimberly, you ought to tell them how yeah. you got here because you got here long before I did. Right. Oh, is that right? I, I would say in another life. Sorry, honey, I was married to someone else. <laughs> That's okay. And, uh, my husband was a winemaker. Okay. Oh, wow. So I came to Sonoma in 81. 81. 81. So I've been That's here. That's when uh, I came. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I came in I 81. I didn't know you were that old. <laughs> I wasn't born yet. Sorry. And I, yeah, all good. And I lived at the top of Moon Mountain. Oh, yeah. yeah I was been here since 81. And then single and and, uh, lived downtown close to the high school. And I taught at the high school. And then I met Simon. We were married in 1990 and my daughter was going back and forth between Sonoma and San Francisco. Uh So we decided to get a place here, which would make much more sense. And so we bought our house, I think in 92. Right around the corner. Right right? around the corner from here. And then uh, we moved here permanently 
When would you say, Simon? About 2000. Well, we, we sold our house in San Francisco in 2010. Right. And, so we've been okay. here permanently ever since 2010. So going down in a little different avenue, I saw that you guys really met in San Francisco area, right? Clearly that describes a lot of the organizations you were with. We did. And you went to Davis? Is that right? Or Stanford? Yes. I was born and raised in Portland, Oregon, and I Ah. came to California in 67 to go to college. Did you just not leave? uh, California is it. (laughs) That was it. Well, actually, that's an interesting story. When I first arrived to California, I thought, you know, you arrive in September and everything is brown and yellow. And coming from <laughs> Oregon, I thought, oh my God, this place is just ugly. Dry. You're dry. And it, and it took me a while to uh, kind of get the whole thing and to appreciate Spanish architecture. It was just all brand new to me. Yes. So yeah, I came to Stanford in 67 and I do have a very funny story to tell about that because Simon had been accepted to Stanford Business School He was living at the time in Kansas City, so he said to me many years later, he said, oh, honey, isn't it too bad that we didn't meet in 67 and we could have bonded then and we could have saved all this time when we weren't together. And I, I, but I said, so yeah, sweet, I said, yes, but you were married and had three children. Oh, oops. I, 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 I wouldn't have been attracted to you. <laughs> and so Simon, let's do a rewind for your life as well. Were you in Chicago or Kansas city? I was in Kansas city. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, I moved to, um, California, San Francisco. My lifetime dream was to move to California. Oh. I moved to California in uh, 1968 to San Francisco, right in the middle of the hate. Yes. Right in the most in the climatic time. Middle of it all. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I moved to the hate. And wow. Yeah. And it was a tremendous time to be in San Francisco. I was yeah. part of a, what was really a, a revolution. And Yeah. My yeah. uncles were all there. I have a, a guitar maker is my uncle Doug Irwin. He made guitars for Jerry Garcia. So oh, wow. They were all very immersed yeah. in the scene. Some of them made it. Some so of them I, didn't. Yeah, Glad I, you're here. <laughs> yeah, I started a, a nonprofit in the mission mm-hmm. for minority business development called the San Francisco Local Development Corporation. And it was uh, funded basically by uh, the Presbyterian Church and Vista and... Uh, a variety of other organizations, and our job was to put people in business, and, and we did. And I did that for a couple of years, right in the middle of that wow. revolution. And that's how I got to California. That's rewarding, that time and just oh, it was fantastic. Like that. It was yeah. really fantastic time. I mean, we didn't make any money or anything because nonprofit work is... Uh, that wasn't the point, uh, A really. labor of love. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it pays with the heart. It pays with the heart. Yes. <laughs> Still essentially the same. So this was before or after you had met at Stanford? Oh, I never met Kimberly until, until a couple years before we got married. Yeah, he, oh. didn't, he didn't leave Kansas City, that's, so he didn't come. Okay. He was enjoying those uh, ace games over there. Yeah, oh, exactly. Right? <laughs> well, I mean, I moved to San Francisco in 68, but we didn't meet until 87 or 88, Got something it. like that. Yes, and, and we met because her brother-in-law introduced me to his wife, and his wife is uh, Kimberly's sister. So she did, made sure that we met. There was no computer stuff. It and wasn't is, a digital time. Well, the me too, believe me. I don't know what I do these days, but was it kind of one of those, 
Yes. I want to imagine it was like an arrow from across the room. It was, was uh, it? Well, for me, it was. I, uh-huh. I, I, it actually was. My sister told me about Simon for five years and said, this is uh, the man you need to meet. But I think I was looking for someone maybe to have another baby with, and he's 12 years older. So I said, no, I don't think, no, no, no. One night they had a dinner party. I didn't know he was going to be there. He didn't know I was going to be there. We sat next to each other in my sister's kitchen. We talked the entire night. And we both went home and broke up with the people we were going out with. Yeah, I kind of have like a cry. I know. A wow. love <laughs> tear in my eye. It was pretty fantastic. And it it's pretty- been pretty magical since. But we've been married 33 years. That's amazing. So, yes. Boom. That's amazing. Especially for me. Keeps you young. Yes, Keeps you right. young. That's right. Yeah. I love it. Hey, I have a side note just out of personal interest. I have to ask Kimberly. I read that you were on the swimming team at Stanford. Come on, Kimbo. <laughs> tell the truth. Because, you know, I'm like an amateur swimmer okay. down at Sonoma Splash. So okay, I, I am going to tell the truth. And Simon never buys my truth. But this is the truth. Yes, I was a competitive swimmer. And until I'd say I was 13. And when I was 13, I realized that I wasn't going to make the Olympics. So then I stopped training because if you're, well, probably like most other athletic endeavors, it's a huge time investment. So you would have to swim before school, after school, it'd be six hours a day. Yeah. But that doesn't mean I stopped swimming. I just stopped competitively swimming. So I swam on my high school team. I didn't go to workouts. I just showed up for the meets. And then when I got to Stanford... This always sounds very falsely modest, but at that time, swimming at Stanford, all girls athletes was nothing. Competitive swimming was a PE class. I took it. I was on the team. And yes, we went everywhere. We swam, but it was such not a big deal. Some friends didn't even know I was on the swim team. It wasn't (laughs) wasn't discussed. And literally one quarter, the captain of the swim team basically filled out your schedule, who was going to swim, what events, that kind of thing. It wasn't a big deal. So it was kind of like, okay, who this quarter wants to be the captain? I go, okay, I raise my hand. <laughs> but I have to tell you, on my resume, there is nothing that people see other than your captain of the Stanford women's swim team. They think that is the biggest deal. And that's when I say I'm not being falsely modest. Yeah. It was not a big deal. Yeah. I didn't really see the captain part. Oh. I was just captivated because of the swimming, because I love swimming and just to see that that was there. And where did you swim? I'm swimming down at Sonoma Splash right now, but but I came late to it in life. No, 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 no. I'm doing my own thing. I'm I'm getting brave enough that in my next life, I see Holly Kyle of the Kyles over there in the synchronized swimming. They were practicing. They're so great. They're so great. So I'm hoping that I'm taking a page out of your book. Right. Something Simon said, try something new. Yes. And that's my plan for the future. Mm-hmm. I'm a terrible swimmer. I'm a little shorter I, than everybody. I drown in puddles. I mean, oh. that's bad. <laughs> I used to always be surprised when people would say, well, how far could you swim? And it was just a question I didn't understand because hey. I could swim for, you know, until you told me to stop. Yeah. Now I can swim for 12 hours. It's just like walking. Do you still enjoy swimming? I do, but I don't swim very much. Yeah. I like being part of a workout rather than just swimming laps. I find that a little boring. And I'm not on a team or anything, so yeah, no, not much. Kind of like the NASCAR, just going back and forth. Exactly. Exactly. You know what the exactly. secret is swimming, I just look because I teach ballet and jazz, oh, so I just want to do the arms oh, parts. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and, and if you've ever seen Holly do it, she's oh, fantastic. They're amazing. I got to hear yes. underneath the music and instructions last oh. Saturday, and I was... I was in heaven. Yes. 
(laughs) pretending, (laughs) hoping I would be, you know, they'd see my arms and say, join the team. (laughs) Oh, nice. When I have seen Kimberly swim, she's got a beautiful stroke. Uh, She helped me rehab a hip replacement in a pool, changed my stroke and made it much more fun to be in the pool. She's a fabulous teacher you know, anyway. I feel like I, I, I seen, need that. When I, when I go to Sonoma Splash, I see people, and I can tell like they were swimmers because when mm-hmm. they swim, it's so smooth when they're going in the water. Me is like... Right. It's, it's just, you know, it's, it's it's like just that, a matter of teaching efficiency. That's yeah. what it's about. Because yeah. I see them. They swim so smooth when they go like this, and then they... They, you know, and then I'm like, oh, he's a good. And then I try to do it. Just and give I'm me like, five minutes with you and we'll, uh, we'll make you know so you're Kimberly, not that wild guy. Can we do podcast part two next to the pool and you can correct because I need some go. stroke corrections too. Yeah. And then we can. Oh, yes. Gerardo, we're going to podcast yeah. swim. I, I actually could do some of it. You just standing up right now in terms of your stroke. Oh, no way. Wow. I wish we were on video. I think I read that you were in charge or the lead of the English department between 88 and 90. Yes. That's when I was there. And that's when I, even though I wasn't the greatest student (laughs) in all things, I always took English honors. I really enjoyed the teachers there and... I was Miss Patterson at the time. I remember you now. (laughs) I feel like we came in... I was in Miss Adams' class. Oh, yes. And we had to do a particular... Something where you either did a movie or you wrote a play and a friend of mine, we did a puppet show and it was all about mythology. And I think we came in and did the puppet show for your class. Oh, you probably actually. did. It was so fun. Okay. And we're totally getting <laughs> off chance. But I we love always that. Did. It's always, it's oh, always exactly. our problem. Yes. We always like. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. That's all right. No rhyme and reason. Simon, when you were young, were you into athletics? Well, I played tennis for 75 years, played squash for 50 years. And when I was a kid, I played um, baseball and softball, hardball, softball. I don't think they play much hardball, softball. I guess the men do still. Yeah. And yeah, I played everything you could play. <laughs> so, I mean, now we can really go off cuff here because you have your sports show on KSVY. Is that, uh, what time is that? Oh, thanks. KSVY. Yeah. 91.3, our local radio station. Yes, at 10 o'clock on Monday morning, 30 fast minutes. We try to have a good time. Is it only 30 minutes? 30 minutes. So I get most to, of the show? You have to listen fast because we're going pretty fast. You are. There's always a lot of sports on the weekends, and that's why we do Monday morning. You know, it takes a while to prepare, but it's basically okay. just really going as fast as possible. I try to cover a lot of women's athletics. Yes, we do not cover the local scene. Mm-hmm. We cover the national scene. But so, KSVY so right, does film yeah. the local you'll, scene. You'll, you mentioned the stompers every yeah. once in a while and things like that. Well, right now we're very focused on women's soccer because yeah. of the, World, the Cup. World Cup. But, you know, we cover the Giants and the 49ers, and those are important. So who's your team? Well, I love the 49ers, and I'm an A's fan. I must be the only A's fan left. Harada's wearing an A's hat right now, folks. Tell him why not a Giants fan. (laughs) Go ahead. Even though I'll debate you on this. Because you grew up in that particular league. Oh, Kimberly doesn't understand it. Once once you're an American (laughs) League fan, you're an American League fan forever. I get that. That goes back, right? You've actually shared a lot of history on there that I thought, oh, that I'm not knowing so, a lot about you know, sports. Being, a, being an A's fan, as you may know, is a losing proposition because, <laughs> <laughs> because even though they were the best team in 
professional baseball many times. And I went to the World Series in 72, 73, and 74. They won the World Series three years in a row. And I went to those games, and they were in Oakland. Right. And I went again in 78 and 79, but their owner is unfortunately not a very good owner. Uh-oh. Uh, so, Same uh, owner? <laughs> Same no, owner? No, no, no. Different no, owner. Yeah. It's all different. Yeah. Tol- yeah. Tol- everything's different. Figured. Anyway, we don't want to spend any time yeah, 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 on yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tune yeah, yeah. in, folks, Been if you really anyways. want to go we don't down. Want to talk about those My favorite guys. part about your I sports st- show is. I can't stand it. Honest to God, it's killing me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you can always get updates on the sports show. Can people call in and talk to you as well? We do a very limited amount of calling. Yeah, this is 30 minutes. If I say something that's controversial, and somebody calls and we take it because you like a good argument <laughs> <laughs> well, we want to make sure a friend of mine the other day told me i made a mispronunciation of a person's name and it frosted me i can't believe it hey simon when you said that it's a losing team i try to get my son to be an ace man and after like one year he's like no dad your team is a loser team <laughs> I love an underdog. Yeah. I love an underdog. I'm going to have to switch. You know, I think our editor may edit some of this out. (laughs) It's okay. Whatever you want to do to catch you. As we we do like to treat it, and I feel like it's even more loosey-goosey right now, which is great, is... (laughs) is really sitting around like we're sitting around a table and we're getting to know you guys. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and that's what's important. Tell us a little bit, because of Sonoma Community Center, I know you as coming in as really kind of started the printmaking department. Yes. I found when we did the 70th gallery show to celebrate yeah. our 70th birthday earlier, I already knew that about you, but I actually found the article that you were on the oh. front page. Wow. I have the date and everything to share with you. But how... Did that start? Did you come to the community center and share us a little bit about that? Yeah, I learned how to make paper in kind of my middle life um, in my early 40s. And I love paper making. And and FYI, I'm going to do a a show for the museum. I'm going to cure. I can't make paper anymore. Too physical, too tough. Basically, I was making handmade paper for artists to use and I decided that rather than just giving this paper for sale, I would make paper for artists to use to make handmade books. Wonderful. And so we needed something to print the books on. So I got an intaglio press and put it in my studio, which is behind our house. And we started making handmade books. It became a really neat thing. And when I couldn't make paper anymore, I decided that the best place to put the press was at this community center, the Sonoma Community Center. And a former Muse guy, Jack Lundgren, Jack Jack and I rolled the press down the street (laughs) and and around the corner, and then we brought it here. For those that don't know, Jack has done amazing work. We call it the house that Jack rebuilt. He has built and repaired every corner around here, knows everything about air. I can't, I wish there was pictures of that. Wouldn't of that you be rolling great? Down there must be pictures somewhere. But anyway, Jack and I and a couple other guys rolled the press over here. We took it up to your, what is now the print room. Uh-huh. And I also gave them all of my paper making stuff. And it turns out that it's all still here, even though the press, <laughs> yes, it is. even though the press has been here for a long time and As part of my community service, I'm going to 
probably teach a paper making course in the coming year with a friend. I can't actually teach it all by myself. It was physical then. It's even harder now for me. Yes. And so I think we're going to teach a paper making class because I don't like blended blender paper. Is blender paper where you take the well, tear it up and throw it in the yeah, blender? Yeah, we've done those with the kids. Yeah, and we had a, an artist that did that with with the kids in the community. Maybe a so this grader. is next level. Yeah, maybe, exactly. Yeah, but let's get adult about this. Yeah, paper making is hard, and it requires a deft hand. And I'd like to see other people doing it around here. So maybe I could yeah. help. But a centuries old, you know, artistic movement. We were overseas in uh, Rome for uh, six months, but he received a award from the American Academy in Rome to analyze the passage of paper from China to Western Europe. And and then when we got there and he looked in the, at uh, resources in the Vatican Library to go and look anyway, he realized that it, all the research had already been done. <laughs> so we were just <laughs> able to have a blast while we were there. Did you spend time over in either China or Japan learning Well, we're going to Japan. Well? Thank you. Uh-huh. Cueing that up. Yeah. Oh, great. Oh, so you're going. I've been in Japan for business many times. One of the reasons I was so interested in paper is I was in the paper business. Right. So we're going to Japan. The museum, the Sonoma Valley Museum of Art, has asked me to curate a paper show about Japanese handmade paper and books. And we're going to do that. That'll be for the spring of 2025. Wonderful. And so I can't make paper anymore, but I can curate a show. But to do it is so complicated to curate the shows, it'll take a year and a half just to organize it. Hey, Gerardo. How are you? Pretty good. Hey, you know about the subscription? How does it work? That's a good question. So subscription to the Sonoma Community Center podcast means really no commitment on your side. What came up, I was thinking about this a long time ago, is people typically tend to think that a subscription means that you have to pay for something or we're capturing an email or information like that. But that's simply not the case. So you mean I can just click it and just watch your videos and I don't have to pay any money? And you don't have to pay any money. Subscribing merely means that when the next time we have an episode, it will pop up wherever you're listening to episodes, be it Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. And what that means is it really just supports us and lets us know that we have listeners out there besides just downloading the podcast. So it's just not subscribing. It's also liking it, right? Liking it, but really that subscribe button means that we know that there's listeners out there. Perfect. I don't know if you've had this, but I have people that come up to me and say, hey, I listen to it. I do. I do. But translating that into the subscribe button means that you're supporting the Community Center podcast, the artists, and everybody that comes through here and shares their story that we are always excited to share about. Well, you guys are listening. Subscribe, please. Yep. Make our life easier (laughs) and we want to become popular. (laughs) Famous. All right. (laughs) Subscribe away. I can understand that. Full on to do something of that caliber. That great. I'm excited. Well, we did a show about Mexican handmade paper books. What was that? Was that? It's about. 2018 and 19. Okay. And it was very well received. And I'm hoping that this show will be received as well. And I hope it'll travel. I'd love to have the show, Japanese paper 
book show would be. I'd love to have it in LA too. So we'll Fantastic. see. Well, you know what I love about this place? You're in Arts Place, but the community center is a great place to get your hands in there and learn. We have the space. Yes. We have wonderful teachers, including yourself, and people that have been in their field to come and work with everybody. That printmaking department, it, you know, goes in and out. It's a little sleepy, but I got to say in the last couple of years, especially like Kelly Autumn coming on board and the monitors, we've expanded the time that people can do printmaking, explores the different ways. I think it's fantastic yes. that it's, it's kind it's of complicated. It's complicated, mm-hmm. but still holding on that, that, you know, there's been opinions like, Oh, we should close this studio and do something else with it. And it's still like holding on. There's still people that support it and want it to be here. So, well, I'm bringing my best guy, Art Hazelwood is, uh-huh. and, and I are going to do a print for the muse. I know. I, I and I'm excited. And we're going to do it on it. that old press. And it's pretty exciting. I know a little bit back of it and Art Hazelwood. I have not met him. But I've heard all from the printmakers, Kelly Autumn and everyone here. He's the man. And I saw a bit of the sketch, I believe, or what he had done. And it is beautiful. We can't wait to tie that <laughs> into you. Yes. Yeah. I think the poster will be very exciting. I hope so. I love it. So we're going to do it here, the two yeah. of us. We're going to make the print here. Good. Good. Wow. Okay. We're going down the printmaking. I, I love it. <laughs> I love that you're here supporting all that. So you guys have a Japan trip on the horizon. Yeah, what we're going. I- yeah, but right before the Muse. Oh, right before right, the Muse. Right. Yeah. We're going to end, of, end, of, end of September. Yes. yes. We'll be waiting. We'll have yes. your special chairs. <laughs> Even if you're tired, just roll you down here and celebrate. Oh, I guarantee you we're coming home three days before the, oh, before the we'll event. We'll be rested. We'll be ready to go. Okay, good. Ready to dance. What do we have to do to be ready to go? You, <laughs> you haven't told me you anything. You just have to dress up. I hear that, I mean, it's really kind of shaped up. I'm part of like the music experience team, always has been, which means that we kind of set the atmosphere. And it's really kind of geared towards a modern black and art with a pop of color. So really. Oh, just wow. I, sh- I shall wear my most artistic clothing. <laughs> I love that. I love that. All right. We're going down a little bit more. Kimberly, I read, and this is so amazing. Of course it was on Instagram, right? I saw this beautiful <laughs> picture. I, I got to look everywhere for things these days, but um, I saw a beautiful picture. I think of your mother mm. and six girls, six girls. Yes. What? With my father. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. My dad had six sisters as wow. well. So, wow. but that was girls only. Girls, right? o- girls only. And then when I encounter anyone there, first question is always, were you Catholic? No. <laughs> were you trying for a boy? No. And mm-hmm. I always say they just had horrible birth control. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. So they couldn't afford to have six kids, but it just happened. So. Oh, well, yeah. Yep. That's my parents' story pretty right. much too. Yeah. <laughs> How many kids do your parents have? Well, in my family, there's four of us. I'm the only girl, three boys. But my dad had six sisters, a brother, and my mom had seven brothers. Wow. <laughs> my grandmother had 12. Yeah, exactly. And yes. two of them died. Oh, wow. Yeah. So You were the only girl with seven boys? No, no, no. I wasn't. Or my mom no. was. Oh, wow. Oh, they still, they thought she was just a princess. Oh, but I believe that. <laughs> <laughs> my brothers did too, but I'm all, no. Nah. So I just <laughs> learned how to make them do my dirty work. There you go. There <laughs> you go. That's good. 
That's fantastic. And are your sisters around? Yes, to, around Oregon, well, through the country? Uh, born, born and raised in Portland, Oregon. So three, oh, nice. three are still in Portland and two live in San Francisco. The one where Simon and I met around yes. our kitchen table. Yes, there were three born in three years and then a three-year drop in me and then a five-year drop in two. So I have smack in the middle and uh, always been kind of a communicator between two different generations. <laughs> Oh, I yes, can see that. Because yeah. my uh, younger sisters were still in grade school when the older three were off in college. Wow. Yes. Changing conversation. How are you guys involved with La Luz? Oh, oh yeah. We're, oh, we're yes. going to go back there, okay. too. I think when we, people often ask us about our service, at least for me, it, it started very early being very active because, again, I mentioned my family didn't have a lot of resources, so we all knew that we needed scholarships to go to school. So in order to do that, we were all active in everything you could possibly be active in high school. And it's just kind of something that's just ingrained in us. And I think Simon and I, we basically were very, very aware of our white privilege and also that we have plenty of resources and we don't like it. We want the level field plane and we think we live in a country where everyone should have a good education and food and housing and it should just be available for everyone. So we fight as hard as we can to do that. So La Luz has been my passion since I moved to Sonoma and I've been on the board for 16 years. Oh, no way. You were yeah. president for I a was, bit too. I was president you? twice. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And they have a, a huge and wonderful impact on the community. So we'll, we'll be involved with La Luz forever. That's amazing. I mean, it, it's nice to tie all of it in. We hope to have this here. Scholarships, really. Oh, exactly. yeah. I'm never yeah. going to turn around, never going to turn away a kid that wants to take dance. You're never going to turn away a kid that wants to take culinary. I don't nope. care what it takes. Right. You know, we right. will get the shoes. We'll make right. it happen and give them all the experience to grow up appreciating the arts and seeing the resources that are around here. I, I think that Sonoma yeah, my, is my, a beautiful community. My wife that. works on La Luz. Oh, she yes. does? Yes. My wife told me What's you guys were name? wonderful people. What's her first name? Uh, Sonia. Oh, I know Sonia. Yes. Sonia's oh great. my gosh. Yes, yep, yes, yep, yes. Yep, yep, yep. No, it's wonderful. And leveling the playing field is really what. And also, we are a country of immigrants. So my uh, mother came here from uh, Sweden and when she was seven. And we think that that's kind of the, the brilliance of our country. And so we support that as much as possible. Thank you. Appreciate it. I love it. Simon, siblings? I have one brother. He's um, my older brother. He's very close. We're pals. He lives in Cleveland, Ohio. He just turned 89. I give him a wow. hard time about that. <laughs> yeah, He's as you should. still going. Now, we grew up in a family where being involved in your community was very important to my parents. And I think I grew up the same way that Kimberly did. I had to work my way through school and Kimberly was much smarter than I am. So she got <laughs> a pretty good ride at Stanford. I went to Northwestern and I had to actually pay for it, <laughs> and, yeah. which I did by working pretty hard. So I don't know, you know, there are moments in your life when you just know that you're supposed to help. Yeah. And I got that pretty young and so did my brother. I was president of the museum a couple times. I saw and, that too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, but even in San Francisco, even when I was starting my second career doing that nonprofit, when I started the nonprofit, I took two thirds cut in pay to do it. And, uh, that, you know, that's sort of giving. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, from there, you know, I just started doing community stuff in California and it, we just never stop. 
And Kimberly's a willing partner. We just like to do it. And I had a great business career, so I'm very, very lucky. And I do feel that we were born, uh, Kimberly says we were born on third base. um, I always say I was born on third base, being born in the United States, white to highly educated parents. But I say Simon was born on third base, a foot from home base, because he actually had some financial resources. (laughs) So we're lucky. You well, know. it's it's everything to be in that privilege to be able to share with the community and and just be selfless about it. So I am glad that we are in the era that you do. I think instilling just working so hard. I mean, I look at everything that you guys do, and I don't even know when you sleep. So <laughs> this, is, this is wonderful. Well, 11, you know? 11 to 7. 11 to 7. <laughs> I think that's fantastic. There's a few other things here, too. I know that you're very involved and have a passion for music, right? Mm-hmm. And is it and Bo- both I, of us? Yeah, both, both of us. you. Yeah. Did you grow up playing any instruments? No, I grew up. My father was uh, Scottish and a bagpipe player. No, and all of my sisters were Scottish dancers. Yes, yes. So I did that my whole life. The bagpipes were going constantly in my house. But when in high school, (laughs) my boyfriend's mother was the chairman of the board of the Portland Symphony. So our dates were going to the symphony every week. And I fell in love with classical music. I've never played an instrument. It's one of the things on when do something new that I'm going to learn to play the piano and read music. That's, we have a, three in the room right now. Right now. Something, <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Yes. What about you, Simon? Well, my mom was the manager of the Lima, Ohio Symphony Orchestra. Oh, That's another right. bonding moment. Another, and yeah. So yeah. I was going to concerts when I was five years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, we loved classical music. Our, and it was the phonograph was going all the time. Yeah. And I loved it and I still love it. And, what Kimberly's doing with classical music, and we enjoyed having music here yeah. in Sonoma. And I love San Francisco Symphony. We don't go down as often as we should or could, but when we can, boy, it's a tremendously terrific symphony orchestra. One of the great ones in the world. Do you have certain eras of classical music? Like, I love the French composers, like Debussy and Chopin, mostly from ballet background, but is there certain, and I love Bach too, just the way. Well, we were both on the board of the Philharmonia Baroque in San uh-huh. Francisco. And okay, I think, so I think that... both of us kind of early, early classical music, the Baroque period yeah. in terms of Bach and Mozart. Yeah. And yes, I, yes, Chopin. And so when we started the music festival here, which just ended at Valley of the Moon Music Festival, and part of my Folks, intri- it's great. intrigue with that is that both Simon and I care passionately about history. And since I did teach English, but I originally started taught American government and history. Oh, okay. So one of the reasons why I love this music festival is that they play on original historical instruments. And they have an educational component where they bring in apprentices, new musicians across the United States. And for some of them, it's the first time they've ever played on an instrument that sounds like what the composer heard. So when you go to a contemporary symphony, they're right. playing on metal strings. So Bach didn't hear it that way. 
And Mozart didn't hear it that way. They played on gut strings. What's a gut string? Gut string is an animal. It's an animal string. Oh, so the guts. guts yeah. Yes. So I did not know that. That's really the, well, interesting. Well, that's kind of the fascinating component. What differentiates this musical festival from others? There's a yeah. historical component. I and, did not know that. That's and, amazing. Yeah, and the musicians are just they go, oh my god, and then it influences their future playing on contemporary instruments. So uh, next year, my commitment to you guys is I will make sure that you all get to a concert and you'll hear this music a different way. For the past two years, the children's concert has been here at the Sonoma Community Center, which is lovely. For some reason, I couldn't make it because I don't know what the commitment is that time of year. But I also thought it was on Memorial Day this year. So that was, oh. unfortunately, sometimes timing is everything. And that may have done a disservice to that. But I hope that that, that continues on, that partnership, because what a delight. And we and need to really get that advertised out to everyone. Yeah. It's a children's concert and it's free. So again, and also about music, my passion is not to make it a white elitist and, kind of thing. And for thing. the first time ever, we had a concert at La Luz. Yes, this year. Two weeks ago, so, no? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yes. It was free, and it was uh, well attended, and it, was, it involved the, the community, and boy, it felt really good. You know how you're going to get kids there, right? Tell them they're playing on gut strings. It's our new, <laughs> it's our new selling point. I was thinking that like just took candy it next or level. something. They're, they're going <laughs> to say, you know, piggies? Yeah. <laughs> now, I, I think that's fascinating. Same instrument provide a different sound because of what it's made out of. Mm -hmm. So it does sound different. If you haven't heard the music, I guess you won't know that it's different, but I think almost everything they did this year I'd heard. So Uh I could hear. uh, You could hear it. Yeah. It's a big difference. The gut strings are a a deeper sound. And so one of the things that they did for a couple of times at the beginning of the concert, they would play a little segment on gut strings and then on a contemporary and you can hear it. Deeper, like in more bassy. Yes. Okay. Well, and the new screechier too. (laughs) The contemporary (laughs) instruments were developed when concert halls were big, and they were huge, and they extend further. There's a you know just in terms of sound. So most old instruments. We're yeah. in small rooms. Oh, we're we, concerts we, in somebody's living room. Yeah. We could go down the rabbit yeah. hole on that. That's why stages were <laughs> slanted and there's an upstage and a downstage I wonder, too. I wonder if exactly. each you know? animal has a different sound, like, you know, oh, pig's uh, guts or <laughs> like a raccoon guts. Yeah. Now, <laughs> Squirrel. Th- I should ask that question. That's a good one. You, you're like know. the kid that was in yeah. the demonstration that has the crazy question. <laughs> wow. I love it. That well, can't I just be. Figured they're yeah, different, I have to you know. I've never Check. heard anybody ask that one. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's really good. I just thought about like a squirrel gut, you know, ding, 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 ding. More. <laughs> <laughs> the smaller the animal, the, yeah, the tighter the sound. Yeah, oh, yeah. The, <laughs> that's well, hysterical. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. Well, I love that. That's another great organization here in town. And thank you for your support on that. I'm sure we're getting towards the end. We still have a lot to say. We have so much to say. (laughs) We're going to have to do it again, right? One of the things here locally, you've been here for a while, and Gerardo, being our culinary instructor, we have a little side segment that's always, what's for lunch? What's for lunch? What do you guys like to eat in Sonoma? Yeah. Your favorite food. One of your favorite food. Okay. So have you ever been to Juanita Juanita? Uh, Uh, You know what? (laughs) Let's not talk about it. I've only been there for... Twice in my life, and I've been here for 32 them. years oh. in Sonoma. 
So and I live across the place. Yes. But my son loves it. My mm-hmm. son always gets the burritos there. I like there. Kate and her mom. I'm I like really special them. when it comes to like Mexican food. I always like to go like really authentic Mexican mm-hmm. food. So where, where do you go? I used to love um, La Hacienda when it first yeah, started. Right? Yeah. When it first started. Now it's just like. It's all about money. Yeah, the yeah. flavor is not so there anymore. We're, we're, and then El Molino. Yeah, I love that. Because we love El they still they yeah. have that authentic Mexican flavors there. Yeah. So right. I love it. Mm-hmm. But my favorite place, because I love tacos, yeah. is Costa Tacos. This oh. is our unofficial oh, sponsor. Yeah, the stand. Yeah, they, oh. they, they do it uh they Farmer's do it in Market. Starland. No, that's the brother. Oh, okay. That one is called Tacos La Costa. Oh, oh. And this one is uh, Costa Tacos. Where, where is this? Place? This one's out of Starlin on uh, oh, Tuesdays, oh. Wednesdays, and then uh, <laughs> oh. Friday, Saturday at the bar. At Does that the mean you're brewery. a Starling fan? No, actually not. I don't drink some. Sorry. <laughs> Gerardo. So Costa Tacos, if you haven't yes. tried it, it's going to be here. You want to tell them, a little, oh, aren't yeah, they going to yeah. be here? That's so we right. have an upcoming event. Oh. Kind of last minute, but part of the music is series. The cha- is this the cha-cha? Yes. Salsa cha-cha? The yes. salsa cha-cha. We are going to have them here. The band. Braulio. Oh, Braulio. 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 You know Braulio, I always say it yes. wrong. But they'll be here on August 24th. Yes. So oh. we're having another kind of a, a Latin dance party you on see, August 24th. I'm the type of guy when I eat a taco, I want my taco to kind of go like a, like a sardine with a little penguin. They just slide down the throat. <laughs> yeah. That's how my tacos, these tacos are like this. So now we know we need this on television. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what, what else we got? What, what else we got? Uh, so that's my favorite place for Mexican food. Have you been to El Gran Taco? El Gran Taco, I love their carnitas. Yes. yes. Okay. I so love their yes. carnitas. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a good place. And also, I mean, uh, that guy can't get out of the chair. So. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I'm going. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Picasso, has really good. And Picasso, next you know, Picasso, I love Picasso when I first started because it has some fries, that really thin fries. Yeah. Yeah. And then. My favorite uh, dish from there is actually the sandwich, uh, Salsalito. Oh, Salsalito sandwich. I'll try yes, that. It's good. delicious. Right. But if you're ever in Napa, mm-hmm. <laughs> go to this place called La Cheve for breakfast. La Mexican Cheve. breakfast. Okay. Delicious. What's it called? La Cheve by Imola. Mm-hmm. It used to be like a mission, I think. Oh, okay. And they took it over and they it looks like a Mexican restaurant. Wow. And it's super colorful and it's super delicious. So Chilequiles. around here, I like Hop Monk because you can eat outside. I like their burgers. Yes. Yeah, burger, great burger. <laughs> yeah. I, like I like their fish and chips. High yeah, end, me too. Uh, high end, we go to El Dorado every once in a while. I like I like their uh, burger too. <laughs> El Dorado burger. And when My it's in season, me. I love to go to EDK for their Brussels sprouts. Yeah. Uh, oh, wow. Oh. And the best. I like that. Yeah, it's yeah, red yeah. catering. But what about uh, Swiss Hotel? I know it's been here for a long time. You guys ever uh, eat well, there? Well, I go from time to time. Kimberly likes it better than I do, but you know. It seems it's like very... a loud pers- uh, I place. Love their it's too loud there. It is loud. It's al- almost like, right. yeah, yeah. It's almost you know, like a you know, Sonoma. local oh, place to old go. Sonoma. Like old have... Sonoma loves that place. Yes. I love that yeah. place. I, like I spent like a lot of time out front. 
Maybe people watching. Oh, people watching. Sharing a pizza, having a galerophy. I definitely spent a lot of time. I'm just sit outside and have lunch there. Yeah. They have a great place in the back, too. And a lot of people don't know there's a patio back there, but there's also like a little barn area. We've had a few surprise birthday Mm -hmm. parties there. Good place for a private party. Exactly. What about uh, you guys ever went to the General's Daughter? Oh, yes. When it was open? Yes. Oh, yeah. Long time ago in the 90s. I used to work there. Oh, you did? Wow. Yes. Oh, yeah. So you worked for Suzanne? Yeah. Well, yeah. She was the owner at that time. Yeah. And yes. now there's a Layla's. No, no, no. No, it is, no, no now Suzanne. they don't open anymore. Layla's it's is closed. MacArthur Place. Oh, that's Suzanne's what, second that's, place. That's yeah. Well, actually, place. Suzanne used to own MacArthur Place, that's what too. I was, yeah. That's it what used I was to own uh, Saddles yes. when it was Saddles yes. back in right. the day. Yep. That was back pretty good, Back in the day. Back, back well, for me, I, you know, I was actually like 12 and 13 when I started working for them. Wow. They didn't know. Yeah. I just fake on my application. I needed to work. My mom had five kids and I needed a job. So I apply there and I was always been big. So they hired me on the spot. And man, now that I tell them, I'm like, you know, I was only 13 when I used to work for you. They're like, please don't tell me that. Please don't tell me that. I started working at Happy Dog at 14. Ooh, Happy Dog. I I started working at a Denny's. Still at Happy Dog. Boy, I think that's pretty much I started working at 12 when I was in um, Little Switzerland when they used to do polka on Saturdays and Sundays. Oh, wow. Polka time. What a great education. Yeah, it was pretty nice. (laughs) Pretty fantastic. (laughs) Well, we love it. Well, it is getting close to lunchtime. Wow. And speaking of lunch, speaking of food, huh? Well, <laughs> maybe we invite you here. Are we still doing a certain yes, birthday party? We are doing tacos. So today is our director of operations, Josh Cutler's birthday. Wow. Happy birthday. And bud. I gotta tell you, for so many years here, because the Muse fundraiser was usually the second weekend in August. He didn't get a lot of attention on his birthday. <laughs> this year we're doing a taco oh, party. So love that he's been here probably the longest, you know, and yeah, we, I'm right I, alongside with we, him. But it was uh, such a, when I started working here, I saw Josh and I'm like, man, he looks like a hard cookie to crack, man. <laughs> Sometimes crack he guy. can be food. Yeah. Oh, food, food. Food. food is always a connector. Yeah, yeah. That's what the what's for lunch segment came from is really their discussions around <laughs> noon. And we kind of wanted to take it on the road eventually. And, <laughs> go to other places that people work at. Cause you know, there's mm-hmm. always this kind of lunch culture. Yeah. You know, I we're think, it's, I think it's a great idea. Right. Oh, yeah. Josh had two things that he would have Sonoma market or Broadway <laughs> sandwiches. Oh, there you go. Until we, we still came there's along. nothing better than a Broadway sandwich. Oh, yeah. Except yeah. for an Angelo's sandwich. Best, sa- best sandwich I've ever yep. had in my life is mm-hmm. their roast turkey know. sandwich with all the stuff I like on it. Angelo's you know, could rival I it. I used to like Saloma Market sandwich because I'm a big fan of the Reuben sandwich. Mm-hmm. So they used to take my bread and they used to put it on this big yeah, skillet, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. and do it there. But now with the new owners... Well, I came in one day and they they grabbed my bread and they start putting it in that machine and oh. I'm like hey, hey what are you doing what are you doing he's like oh we don't cook it in the skillet I'm like uh uh-uh. uh you put my bread and my meat in the skillet and cook it there senor did he, did he do it <laughs> they, yeah he did okay. he did he's like I'm like isn't it what the customer wants he gets yes. you know I was like come on you know don't put it in that machine. <laughs> So now he's passionate about his oh, food. Oh yeah! Oh wow. yeah! No, no, that machine is just like this. I'm like, if I want a, a sandwich, so I go to Quiznos. Okay, <laughs> I'm here. I want it in the skillet, sir. Cook so, it, are you the dinner cook at your home? Yes. You know, when my wife uh, we got married, the first thing she told me she's like, I don't cook. 
I'm like, all right. Yes, Sonia. She may have told you that before you got married. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she did. She did. No, she. Uh, my wife. The one was thing like, that's the one thing that's really good about getting old is I'm not very hungry. No way. Yeah. I've heard that. I keep yeah. waiting for that to wow. kick in. I know. I'm waiting for. Well, it to you have a long way to go. So <laughs> both I'm in of between. You guys, wow, you're not. 50. You don't get hungry. Not very. I'm hungry. getting sad now. <laughs> well, but, but, but you, you have he gets thirsty oh you get thirsty yeah okay, from okay. your from what you've told me you've got 40 years to go before yeah, that yeah, happens yeah. well I you know so. how I to build up your appetite it. come on the show before lunchtime <laughs> right? there you go wow. i think we're getting towards our time and i feel like we have so much more to talk about but what i really enjoyed about this and i think Harada the same is getting to know you you guys in your story as people here and in community you're not going anywhere and we can't wait to celebrate you come October oh, 7th. Thank you. Thank so you. if anybody is listening, look us up on the cinemacommunitycenter.org and join us for the muse and meet Simon and Kimberly yourselves. <laughs> Toast them. Woo-woo. Thanks for having us. This uh, is absolutely. Quite an honor. Thank you. Okay. Thank All you. All right, folks, we'll see you soon. All right.